I'm Matt Bergman, and you are listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians Podcast, episode 281. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. What's up, everybody? James Babb. Hello. Crystal Woodworth. How's it going? And the great Larry Sharp. Oh, I get the great in front of my name. Thank you. Yeah, dude. I mean, Larry, I, I'm a fan of yours, dude. I've been a, a fan of yours for years, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like, like, I think you, you bring uh, with you uh, some professionalism, dude. I think you're a really good speaker. Thank you. Not always, but I try. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, I think you're you're pretty awesome, dude. <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing my best to try to, you know, I, I'm trying, and, and I don't always do it well, but I try very much to kind of be the change that I want to see in the party. I want the party to be more supportive. I want the party to not just have people come in and leave. I want the party to be more inclusive. I try to cross all of the streams, the groups of people, which <laughs> makes almost all of them angry at me because the left always wants me to discard the right and the right always wants to discard the left. So like when I have people like Mike Shipley on my show, the right gets mad. Then I have Jeff Deist on my show and the left gets mad. <laughs> then I have a Democrat nice. on my show. Republicans get mad. Then I have a Republican on my show. Democrats get mad. So, yeah, I, I tend to make people kind of kind of not like me, kind of like me, kind of both. But I wish more people would be that way. So I'm trying to be that guy if I can. Right. I mean, and on, on this show, like I can say, like, I'm a huge fan of like having Mike Shipley on. He's so much fun. I love Mike. I love Shipley. He's a good man. And some people hate him, I know, but I love him. Dude, same with, Jeff, same with Jeff Deist. Same with Jeff Deist. Like, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Deist. So, uh, Larry, would you say that there's a lot of people that dislike you a little bit or, like, more people that, like, really dislike you? I think not many people really dislike me. There are some. But I think most people either go, yeah, that guy's good, or eh, I don't really like him. I don't think most people have a very strong hatred of me. There okay. are some. Just okay. like a moderate loathing, like a, like yeah. a, like a subsurface. Uh, okay. I, I look at it. The Pragmatic Caucus didn't endorse me. Yeah, there's a moderate. Eh, I don't like that well, guy. Well, that's something now I now like about you. So there we go. Congratulations. <laughs> what was the Pragmatic Caucus's problem with you? I don't know. They whatever. I don't. You're know. just not pragmatic enough, I guess. <laughs> literally, literally, I was endorsed by no caucuses. Okay. Yet, so, I, wow. yet I am That's clearly probably a plus. Yes, clearly not even close. I am clearly the front runner in the vice presidential race, and I was endorsed by no caucuses. So there you go. You see where I am. All right, uh, Larry. I'm curious. Who who really hates you? To your knowledge, is there anybody? Um, it, it changes. Um, what usually happens is someone doesn't like me. They get mad at me for something. But the, the way the Libertarian Party tends to work, we've had 40 years of failure, 40 years of a scarcity mindset. We usually don't think about you know, prosperity. We, don't, we think about scarcity. So we're waiting. And we've also been abandoned all the time, hammered, disrespected constantly. So we're, we're waiting to be disrespected. We're waiting to be attacked. So someone will hear me say something like, oh, I don't like this. And then Larry's the evilest guy in the world, and we hate him now, and we're terrible. Then about six months later, they'll say, Larry, I need some help. Can you help me fundraise? I'll go, yeah. Then they'll be my buddy again. That's, that tends to be how it works. If you can help people make money, they like you, but otherwise, no? As a general rule, yes. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> I'm, right, people right. don't realize this. You know, I've raised over $800,000 for libertarians, mostly myself. 
But for libertarians, I've done that. It's amazing money how for, expensive those trips to the Bahamas can be for campaign actually, purposes. You know I totally was? feel for you, brother. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, I wish that were true, man. I, I did a year and a half running across New York State without a salary. So I, I got my ass kicked financially. If you, if you wouldn't, if I live in New York City, I have two kids, my wife does not work. I went a year and a half without a salary. You can imagine what my finances look like. So yeah, that money I raised, that went all back into the campaign so I can get ballot access for New York State and they get 103 victories the year after as I crossed the state again. I went from zero libertarians in New York in a state that is considered the least free by Cato two years running, take that California, and um, I still got 103 victories the year after. So that's where that money went. So, wait, so, what, what, so, so are you so, saying, Larry? Why the fuck do you choose to live in the the least free state? Because it's my it's my city, man. Well, why haven't and you fixed it? Isn't that a I'm hugely embarrassing of, for you? Me, I mean, me gosh, hey, Larry. I mean, God, like you. how long have you how long have you lived there? Um, dude, dude, Jared and I. Minute, how long have you lived in New York City? Um, I was actually born in Manhattan. So how long has that been? So I'm. If you don't mind. Okay, so. For but over I, half a century, New York still sucks, and you're and it's and worse. Okay, so <laughs> that just sucks worse. So what does that say about your effectiveness? Not so good, man. But no, what what I would tell you is this, and this is a that you got. You guys should be happy, James. You should be happy that I'm here. You know why? Because I'm happy. this this is the belly of the beast. This is the front line. This is actually the the, the battleground states aren't. Pennsylvania and Michigan. That just depends on whether the Democrats control us or Republicans control us. The actual battleground states are California and New York because that's where the government does its most damage. And if it survives there, it comes to your state next. That's how it works. I'm on the front line here fighting the front line. You should be happy you got a Marine fighting the front line. I'm in the front line trying to break holes, trying to make changes. And what I did this time, what people don't understand, is I was actually able to get a lot of people who were left and right to actually see that maybe their way wasn't perfect. And that's my goal. My goal is always, I'm the recruiter. I draw in people and then you train them and make them better. I just recruit them <laughs> to bring them here in the first place. And that's what I did. I got a lot of people who weren't really libertarians, they were Larrytarians. And then I try to bring them to the group so they can become libertarians but they come here usually as larrytarians this sounds this all sounds very branch davidian you <laughs> watch waco you know what's going on absolutely no okay so larry i gotta say i did a piss poor job of introducing you so you don't have to they know who i am it's fine just just talk uh, okay okay, well, okay surprisingly enough maybe not everyone does i know yeah, that might shock you larry yeah, but why don't we not, go uh you mentioned a show but okay. I'm, i don't know about the show you mentioned so why don't you give yeah, a plug well, for your show or whatever sure, you're doing or, Look, you're if, also if, a candidate for some office we're running well, for okay, some kind okay, of political okay, something okay so let me say let me say it, i think it's it's kind of lame for larry to have to introduce himself totally so it's like Larry ran for uh, Larry ran for uh, VP of the Libertarian Party in 2016. Correct, Larry? Yes, I want to be yeah. very clear on something. Nobody spent more time, money, and energy trying to stop Bill Weld than me. Yeah, exactly. I voted That's for commendable. nobody. Yeah, and I voted for nobody because I really I, I appreciated say, I, that I effort. I wish we had you over Bill Weld. Yes, I yeah, spent my own doesn't? time, my own money, 
running that campaign. I dropped 10 grand running that VP campaign in 2016. I took my own time off from work. I'm a consultant. If I don't work, I don't get paid. I went down with a team to, to, to try to stop. And in three weeks, I almost won. I was 32 votes away. Not that I'm counting. Stop counting, <laughs> all right? I'm not counting. You're counting. I was almost 32 <laughs> votes away from beating him. Wait, you lost to Bill Weld? 32 votes, damn it. Oh, oh that's got to hurt. Yeah. So stop he did have the oh entire establishment behind him, though. So <laughs> yeah, dude. A, hey, hey, Larry. <laughs> Larry, would you the say the humiliation of losing to a huge douche like that? God, could, keep rubbing it in, James. Thanks. Keep rubbing it. Keep rubbing it in. Thank you. Keep rubbing it in. <laughs> oh, man. oh man, fuck that, dude. Well, dude, at least you tried. I, mean, I have to say that you know, like at least somebody said there's an alternative. I mean. Would you have uh, vouched for Hillary at all? Uh, <laughs> um, no, I can, I can make a promise. I would not do that. I would never do that. That's correct. I would never do that. Awesome. Crystal, can you please stop talking so much? I know. I'm so sorry. I get <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I want to get a word in edgewise here. Sorry. I like to listen. I, I love it. So, no, I, I ran uh, for the VP in 2016. And right after that, I, I decided to run for a governor in 2017. So I began my, my campaign in 2017 yeah. um, for 2018 for the actual uh, nomination. I ran early. I built, um, about, I, I built a large uh, team across the country. And many of those people went on to join other campaigns. Some of them actually won. Most of the people who won in 2019 were on my campaign from the 2018 campaign. They all learned. I opened up our donor base. I raised over half a million dollars. Um, for my campaign, which was the when you're also in Joe Rogan's podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast got over 800,000 views. And I said, they're recognizing the streets for that, by the way, like I'll be out yeah. in, in, in New York and someone will go, Hey, Larry, Joe Rogan, regulate like onions. I'll still get that. I, I still <laughs> happens to me all the time. So nice. yeah, um, had that. And, uh, then when I got off, I, I took the next year and I still crossed the state again. I talk often. People always get mad and say, Larry, why run for the top of the ticket? It's a waste of time. All that matters is local or the reverse. You know, don't, who cares about local? You got to get the press from the top of the ticket. They're both right. They're both wrong. And I think I, I believed it. So I tried to prove it. I ran top of the ticket. I got relatively a ton of press, right? For, for a third party libertarian. I ran as a big L only. I didn't add anything else. Everyone's independent or nonpartisan. I ran with a libertarian line. That's all I ran with. And when I was done, I took that press and then I went the next year and I went to all the local people running. And as I would go, normally people wouldn't show up, right? With some guys running city council, but the gubernatorial candidates showing up. So the press comes. So what do I do? Mm. I run a fundraiser for them, raise money for them. I bring the press. I talk about them. I MC their event. And before you know it, they wind up winning. So, so I you. wish more people would do that. So I said, I'm going to do it. So now I can talk trash about others. So do you see like running for the gubernatorial spot? Do you see that as more of a tactical move? Generally speaking, yes. I mean, the yeah. odds, I think the president too, right? I'm running uh -huh. for VP now. Right. And running for VP is a support position, right? Even if, and look, I, I hope that we win the lottery and we win. That'd be amazing. But I, I get that we're probably not going to win the presidency. I get it. But even if we do, even if the plan works and we win three states and the, no one gets 270, and they ship it to the House, and they, and they pick Judge Jim Gray as the President of the United States, I still don't get selected as the VP because they got to pick the two. So I'm not going to the White House no matter what happens. And the people running for VP should understand that. They don't, but they should understand that. I'm running for support staff. 
And the reason How can you support Vermin Supreme when he wins the nomination? <laughs> well, the reality of it is, and that's what I'm trying to show people, right? The, the reality of it is, if I want people to voluntarily follow me, then I have to be prepared to voluntarily follow others. And I'm going to talk trash about the 80-20 rule. I always do. So now I have to live it. So when I what, have- What is the 80-20 rule? I talk about the 80-20 rule, meaning that if you agree with someone on 80% of, of, of what they think, then they're not your enemy, they're your ally. So that means you don't have to agree with everything they say. If you got 80%, that's enough. I get that from my business and I get that from my politics and both. So I don't agree with everything Berman Supreme does. I don't. I, I think that uh, we shouldn't be focusing only on the young, which is heavily his campaign. But if I was running with him, I wouldn't say it publicly. I'd shut up and go, great. That's what I would do. Because that's what a support person does. I don't yell and scream and contradict my, my, my presidential candidate in public. Privately, yeah. But not publicly. Publicly, I go, yeah, I'm the so, hype So you're, you're one, you say one thing in private and another thing in public. No, I say nothing in public and something in private. There's a difference. Okay. <laughs> there's a difference. Hey, what that's do you think? Fair. I like that. Yes. What do you think about what do you th what was this deal with Justin Amash who jumped in and jumped out really fast? Oh, like, so yeah, yeah, any like, theories on what's going he on? He didn't there? officially announce. He said it was an exploratory campaign or it's yeah. exploratory committee or something like that. Yeah, like, he explored and he found that no one wanted him here. Is that what happened? <laughs> no, I don't like, think so. It's like, probably massive I, ballot access infrastructure. No, lacking, if, if I would you guess. look at the actual party, like the the, the delegate class. The delegate class of our party, right? I, I look at our, our movement in many different ways. People disagree with me completely, but this fine is still what I believe. The, the liberty movement, the party's only a, a small part of that. Activists are different. People who are doing things are different. Uh, people who are getting ballot access is different. The political party is a small part of that. And within the political party, there's a delegate class, which is a separate class within the political party. That class loved Amash loved Amash, hands down. They thought he was the greatest thing in the world. He was gonna win this, because the delegate class loves him, still does, well now they're mad at him. But before, <laughs> they, they really loved well, him. Well, you know, I, I guess win. I just don't know any of these people. Everybody I know is like super pumped about Jacob Hornberger or about Yeah, you Berman don't know delegate Supreme. class. You don't know delegate the, class, you don't. Well, I'm a, I, I'm a delegate. I'm, <laughs> I'm quite a, I'm, I, I know, you know, a lot of the delegates in Pennsylvania and I don't know, I don't, nobody's, I, I'm not delegates really in, in Maryland, it, we're but not. I just hadn't heard anything. I was calling them and they were all like, yeah, I like Amash, it's exciting and sexy. They were all saying that. They were, I, I literally had people saying, telling me how attractive he was physically. I'm not joking. Well, you, well, maybe that's the kind of people that you run with, but. Um. <laughs> they, they were on my delegate list, so I think they were delegates. Ooh. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's New York for you. There we go. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. So I think they liked him. I think he looked at the party and saw that this was going to be a tough year. Tough well, year for I mean, us to what get is ballot he, access. I mean, do you think he just like got a call and somebody's like made him an offer and they're like, dude, that's all right. We'll give you this gig and you're, you know, come off the, come off the line. Dude, I, I, I think he's been weighing this for like eight months, dude. You know, my, my wife actually thought that, that you're saying my wife thought my wife told, it's funny. My wife called this. She's like, he's not staying. This is my wife said, my wife's like, he's never staying. My wife says, I know you guys, he's not staying. He's going to come <laughs> in. Someone's going to offer him something. Just what you said, James. That's what my wife said. And then he would leave. 
do I, I have no information on that whatsoever. I well, whoever offered him that thing, I'd like to thank him. <laughs> well, there we go. See, now okay. So whatever it takes to, to get these washed up Republicans out of the race, I, I, I don't really see, I mean, I don't really care ultimately, but I don't really, I, I, I think there's uh, I think there's enough libertarians in this race that, that we don't need to, you know, the posers or the, the, the fakes. So what, what I don't like is, and this is a, a thing that I, and I look at this with uh, an example, Lincoln Chafee, right? Lincoln Chafee oh. made a terrible mistake. What Lincoln Chafee should have done is just come into the party and say, you know what? Let me support some people. Let me learn about you guys. Let yep. me try to be a yep. good activist. Let me try to be one of you and see if that works. If he would have done that four years from now, he might have a shot of actually taking the nomination. But he didn't. He walked in and said, I'm super cool. What? Give me the nod. Well, that Gary Johnson a- didn't do that. Like Gary Johnson should have done that. Gary Johnson should have said, can I hang out with you guys? Will you teach me libertarianism? He still, I don't think he's still read a single libertarian book. Oh, just stop. Mean, That's not true. Stop. Yes, he has. Uh, I don't, Come I haven't on. seen any evidence, but I'm just, what are you I talking about? Well, you're going to diss Gary Johnson? It's not my kind of libertarian. I just never really heard that much libertarianism come out of him. Gary Johnson is an instinctive Between his, like, uh, you know, fair tax, fair tax and, and strong alliance with Israel and kind of, you know, scale back the drug war. You know, I don't know. Just kind of weak in my mind, but teach their own. You know what? If you want to say he's not the hardest core libertarian, Guilty is charged. Well, he's a statist. He's a governor. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he is, he was the state for eight years. But I if mean, you, if you look at, okay, look, I live in know. New York state. And what I know for sure is the American population is no, is not moving closer to libertarianism. They are not. They are moving the opposite. Mm-hmm. And fast. 80% of New Yorkers, New Yorkers, 80% of them. I'm pretty sure any libertarian with any sense is bailed out by now. They're so. on their way out slowly. They are. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> why still, are you, you're like the last one in there. Dude. There's like, like five bail. of us. There's like five of us. Okay. But no, my point being, they're still Americans. There's still 18 million of us as Americans and still 18 million, 80% say, no, you know what? We like what our governor is doing as he crushes our economy, as he destroys our freedom, as he crushes our, our, our us as he labels us non-essential, as he puts us in prisons, our own homes, as he just summarily put us under house arrest. Literally at seven o'clock, we clap and go, thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm not joking. We literally clap at seven <laughs> it's, o'clock. It's insane. Yeah. It's yes! absolutely, I heard about that. I can't even understand the level of So if of I gotta control. go, if I gotta go from guy who is literally imprisoning us in our house to Gary Johnson who openly said, this is garbage. I would have never done this. This is terrible. I will happily take Gary Johnson. Happily. I mean, well, like, like, dude, happily. like, I loved, I actually coined the term Fielder Johnson. There we go. See? I actually coined that term, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm fucking proud of that shit. And then, like, I even had, I even had people from the Johnson campaign tell me stop saying this you're embarrassing us and i'm like oh, i think it's funny that's exactly gary. and suddenly you're like doing it twice as much i mean exactly. we had gary yeah. johnson in your house for the podcast yeah exactly like and he dude, was I, I majorly felt the johnson i still do i think he's an awesome guy 
I, he's a hero, dude. He was well, like, I think he's a hero yeah. for his he's line of edible marijuana products. Okay, <laughs> I'd rather see him hike more mountains, climb Mount Everest again, work on his weed business. Just be him. Doesn't have to be in politics to be a cool dude. But there's something else that why I like Gary Johnson is Gary Johnson, even when he had views that weren't libertarian, he never lied. The party, right, Larry? He just said it. He didn't lie. He wasn't afraid to admit that he was a statist all the time. What's wrong with that? That's honesty. Hey, hey, okay, but it, okay but it doesn't. That. But I don't know. I guess I can't. When I see a Libertarian Party presidential candidate up there, I'm hoping they're going to teach people about libertarianism. No, that's what not the fair do. tax. No, no, that's what. No, activists it's what do. Gary Brown did. No, and, I mean, yeah, Larry Brown. You don't remember his name? You got his name wrong three times. Stop that shit. You got his name wrong three times. It's Harry Brown. Larry. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you're so great. You can't remember his name. Bro, okay. you. Okay. Remember okay. Gary okay. Johnson? Okay. And he All was right. the statist, okay. so he wins. Uh, yeah, I do remember okay. Gary Johnson. Thank you. I he do. Wins. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's, here's what I think is here's what I think is terribly funny, right? Because I I remember like I remember back in like uh, 2012, you know, you had a a lot of like the principal people saying like, who is Gary Johnson going to get into libertarianism? And uh, like Bill Weld, exactly. That's where I was going. <laughs> You're that's looking at him. That's where I was going. You're like Gary Johnson actually got you into libertarianism. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Look, wow. one of the okay. reasons why I didn't you know find there, I didn't know there was anybody. So cool. exactly, that's why I wanted to point that out, dude. Yes. Okay, good well, job. I remember. I remember there were people campaigning. I, I just thought of this, but I just remember during like uh, Ron Ron Paul's run in 2012. I think it was. There was, uh, I, I remember seeing people campaigning outside of like the polling station or whatever for Gary Johnson. And yep. I was always wondering like, who would be out here campaigning for him and not Ron Paul? Well, well let me explain that. I got to tell you what, what, a lot of people get mad at me because I don't want to throw out the radicals or throw out the anarchists. They always get mad at me. Larry, you're a mainstreamer. Why do you want these crazy radicals? Why do you want these crazy anarchists? There's two reasons. Number one. They're the heart of the party. Without <laughs> having them, there's no North Star to where we point. We will become democrat light or republican light without anarchists. We need them in the party. They are a critical part of who we are. We have to keep them. And people think I'm crazy because they want the party to become republican light or democrat light. I don't. At the same time, I think we, some people will hear that message, right? I was talking to Karen Harlos I don't know, maybe a year ago, whatever it was, he was talking about the idea of a shirt that said, uh, um, legalize recreational cocaine. And I said, that's a great <laughs> shirt because there's some people who will see that and go, oh, and they'll come to us and others who will be repelled by that. But I don't care because the person repelled by that is the person who will hear Gary Johnson speak. I don't care how you come to us. I just want you to come to us. I don't care what message you have to hear, where you are in your head, where you are in your life, and whether I thought Gary Johnson was special and radical when I first heard him. That's where I was in my life. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, really, like, Gary Johnson is radical when you compare him to, like, your average everyday person, right? Absolutely. Compared to my, sorry, compared to my friends who think AOC is the greatest thing in the world, (laughs) compared to my friends who think that, Gary Johnson's a radical. He's a radical. Sure, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which and, one would you rather like have at your party? AOC or Gary Johnson? Oh, without question, AOC. 
<laughs> not even close. By the way, she's my congressperson. By the way, she's literally really. My you have a, how did you um, how did you buy a congressperson? How much are, how much do they even cost these days? <laughs> I, I I don't know. My wife paid. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. On the national scene, I would much rather see someone actually saying libertarian things. At the local level, there's room for the minutia and the compromise on how you would actually implement the policy in that particular region. But on the national stage, you want someone that's actually going to say something drastically different than the other guys. I think the opposite. I never heard that from Gary. I think the opposite. And let me tell you why I think the opposite. Locally, you can say things that will seem more radical because locally you can connect it to your local people. People actually know who you are. It's like some, someone who, if you have a close friend, Crystal, they can say something to you that someone else you're ready to fight, but that person you're like, well, I know your interests are okay and you're trying to be good to me. So you let them slide. I think at the massive level, it's like mass marketing, right? In mass marketing, you want to have a message that is radical enough to be, dip, to be special, but familiar enough for people to absorb. If you don't have that, it doesn't work. One of the per people who's done that relatively well, I believe it or not, is Adam Kokesh. Adam Kokesh is talking about getting rid of the entire government. But if you go to Adam Kokesh three, four years ago, he was like, disband it all, and people weren't hearing him. Now he's talking about the idea of a orderly bankruptcy procedure, which is familiar to most people, but the idea of getting rid of the government is radical. He's combined those two better. I did a decent job of that in New York State, but not great. My most popular uh, uh, slogan that, I, that still I get uh, people talking about is my idea of regulating cannabis like onions. <laughs> now, onions aren't really regulated, but I use the word regulate because status like that word. So they hear it and go, oh, so we're going to regulate it? Yes, like nothing. So, oh, okay, great. So what you're saying regulate is Regulate it like nothing. Ah, right. but I don't so say nothing, I put something there. Right, so you're saying basically take the libertarian message, but kind of dress it up in the dialectic or the, um, the, re the rhetoric of, you know, the statist or the, the average person that doesn't so hear it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I want them to hear it. There's definitely something to that, but as long as you're not, you know, contradicting the principle, um, you Agreed. know, if you're contradicting the principle, then, then I think there's a problem, but, you know, like Ron Paul would get up there and he wouldn't say on, st well, he did actually say like, about legalizing heroin but like on the, on the debate stage he was more on the debate stage he was really talking about you know the consequences of the war on drugs right. and the stuff that people could connect with and you know stuff about you know owning your own body and that sort of thing yeah. and people are going to connect more with that than just saying like legalize all drugs right they get they get, they get scared and they shut off I'll, I'll give you a good story i use this story often when, when i'm when the government allows me to work in new york when that does happen when I get permission from my daddy government to work, I do a lot of training. I train leadership. I train small businesses. I train lawyers, do debate prep. I do uh, a witness uh, prep, that kind of stuff. Well, one of the people who I train, groups I train is New York City agencies, like Department of Transportation, Department of Building, Office of Emergency Management. So in one of these classes, I got about 20 or so people. And I want you to think about this. They're all somewhere between the age of 30 and 60, give or take in that area. They're all certified in some way, so they're, they're professionals, and they're all educated. I never talk about politics unless it's a break or someone asks a specific question. It's during a break, and I hear these guys, it's about four or five years ago, guy says, oh, I am so glad we have the Fed. 
oh, without the Fed, they, they, they saved us after the crash. The Fed is so awesome. And all I said was, hey, guys, um, do you know the Fed's basically a private bank? It's like a cart bank cartel, basically. It's a private bank. And every one of them, no, 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 it isn't. I said, you got your phones? Google it. And they Google it. <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear, oh, what? Oh, you, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. None of them knew that. Right. None of them even knew that. And then I said, once, once he said, oh, my God, he's right. I then said, hey, do you guys know that the Fed can just like magically make money? It could just do that? No, no. After I just showed them I was right, they're so deeply ingrained, they still didn't believe me. They said, no, that's not true. I said, Google it. You got your phones? And they Googled it. Oh, my God, he's right. That's what we're up against. Right. That's why you don't hear me say, end the Fed. What you hear me say is, audit the Fed. Why do I say audit the Fed? Because the average American says, yeah, we should audit that government uh, you know, thing. What's it say? It says, end the Fed. There we go, yeah. <laughs> I say well, audit even, the Fed. You know what's yeah. even better? You know what's even better than end the Fed? And, Tell me. and this is where we went with it was ignore the Fed. Bec mm. And as we moved into cryptocurrency, we say, you know what? Fuck the Fed. Uh, we've got hey, crypto I'm, I'm a and, and as far as audit the fed, that's kind of hilarious. I I've always gotten a big kick. I think that's just a adorable. Um, but let's just, let's just ignore the fed, but why do you, why is audit adorable? Like because we don't know what they're doing. We just no, need like to we know. don't know. You're missing it's something. You're missing a very important part here. You are totally missing it. Most people Larry, don't know Larry. what the word audit means. Larry, didn't we just have a partial <laughs> audit and we revealed that like a trillion dollars was missing? No. No. Man, nobody cares about it. We didn't an audit. audit the Fed. Let's audit ourselves. There was, there was a partial audit. audit the Fed. An audit says you're looking for accountability from an organization that you believe is legitimate. It gives yes. legitimacy and to the American people that think to the ground. The American let Crystal talk, Larry. Only think that it's Larry, let Crystal talk, please. Don't, please don't talk over Crystal. Continue. I'm sorry, Crystal. I apologize. Thank you. Thank you. It gives legitimacy to an organization that needs to be totally abolished. By saying we want to audit it, it totally alters the meaning behind our platform. And most people don't know what the word audit means anyway, so I don't think that becomes more relatable to the average voter. What I would tell you is I've dealt with literally bankers. I deal with finance, law, and tech. Those are my three people that I deal with mostly in my, in my coaching and training practice that I have here in New York City. The people who are literally in finance, meaning the bankers, mm -hmm. they, they don't understand how the Fed works. They don't know. Mm -hmm. So when I say things like, we should audit the Fed, you know what they all tell me? That's a good idea. We should figure out what's going on there. And they're in the field and they don't know. So they want to know what's going on, but you have not contested this built-in idea that it's legitimate. That's correct. You, because when I, when I build up that idea, they don't hear me. They literally shut off. They, they still haven't hear heard me. you. Yes, they have. Oh, no, they have. Yes, they have. I have 100,000 New Yorkers who voted for me knowing that I want to end the Fed. Yeah, they did hear me. I disagree. So not a million you, people. So did you tell million. them to end the Fed or did you tell them to audit I the Fed? I first said audit. Then when they heard me, I then say Ed. 
And just go ahead and skip to the ignore the Fed stage, okay? We're really <laughs> bored with the Fed. I We're like moving the on. Part. We've got they invented cryptocurrency like over ten years ago. What the fuck? It's time to skip the like because New York Let's, State basically made it outlawed. Basically None, outlawed so, it. Yeah, and guess what? Bitcoin users not affected. If if I have to worry whether Bitcoin's legal or not, it's the wrong tech. I'm, so I'm I don't really you. give a shit whether it's legal or not. Let's, I'm with you. Let's I'm not move, fighting it's you. time to move forward. I, I'm I'm literally on the the government blockchain association. I'm I'm literally a part of them. I want to 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 just let us use blockchain for everything. I'm in. I'm with you. So you're but, beyond ending the Fed. Into- I'm I'm there, but you okay? Let me be clear about something. Do you you know Ulrich right? Who's in jail for for life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You mean um, uh, Ross Ulbricht? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Most of my friends. Not Wells Ulrich, the drummer of Metallica. <laughs> if only. Don't want to confuse the two. Oh, did I mess it up? I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> it's all good, dude. I mean, the, I'm blazed as fuck. I could have did it myself. The, the, most, most of my friends who are Democrats think it was completely okay to put him in jail forever. Wow. Because by default, anything crypto is, is just, I don't know, evil people killing babies. Oh, That's man. just what they believe. Mm. They just believe it. They just believe it. And the Republicans can, think it's just for pedophiles. There we go. All for pedophiles. Exactly. All I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Neither one of you. I'm not disagreeing with you. All I'm telling you is where I sit, the people that I talk to, the people that I see, which is most major cities, which is about 80% of the American population lives in an urban area, a little 50% actually lives in an actual city. Most of them believe that the Fed's a great idea, that cryptocurrency is evil. Guess what? They, they went stuff. to government school. And the government school explained to them how the Federal Reserve saved them from greedy, greedy capitalists. Totally correct. Yes. Uh, yep. My plan when I was in so New York State. So should we abolish government schools? Yeah, of course we should. My plan in New York State was to uh, actually, I had a plan that actually allowed to support homeschooling, to support private schooling, to give, re, uh, to, to change, to take uh, schooling away from the idea of property tax, not link them, and to privatize the last two years of high school. And I gotta tell you, the teachers unions hated it like there was no tomorrow, but the teachers loved it. They ate it up. It was a great, the idea, I actually made teachers believe that the idea of privatizing two years of high school was actually a good idea. And in New York State, by the way, and if you know this, we uh, drop about $60 billion every single year on education. What is that? what does that mean to privatize two years of high school? Yeah, I want. I changed the plan to go from K through twelve to K through ten. So I actually the last like that two, plan for a local level. Yeah. So then the absolutely. last two years they can just kind of do what they just. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. That's like an eight percent reduction in government schooling. It's a. It's better about than zero. <laughs> four billion dollars, give or take, is about four billion in savings. Plus, um, once you get it, also my plan also cut all ties to the federal government. So no federal control <laughs> over uh, schooling whatsoever, all down to the actual school district level, zero, yeah. zero state control and uh, zero federal control, which means all the bureaucrats go away. We, I have actual uh, districts in New York State where I have more bureaucrats than teachers. How about compulsory <laughs> attendance? That was my question. Yeah, I'm actually okay with local people deciding that right now. I, I, so that's, that's a bridge too far right now. You're okay making that compulsory? Um, am I making it? I didn't make it fucking compulsory. Who did you? Or, no, I'm just asking. It's that. <laughs> no, it's literally in our constitution. In your plan, did the it last two years? It is literally in our you... constitution. 
Does that make it okay? It makes it required. I was running for governor. Are you asking me what I want to do or what I can do? What, what do I mean? want to do is let you educate your kid the way you want to educate your kid. That's what I want to do. What can I do that? No. Are you currently running for governor? I'm not now. I'm running for. Oh, okay, so this is why I, th this whole campaigny talk thing uh, gets confusing. Oh, so you don't like campaigny talk. All right, no, yeah, I just I, I thought you were running for vice president or something. I am, but and we were talking about so my when, New York I, when we're plan. asking, we're just talking issues. We're basically yeah, yeah, just so, talking I mean, to you, he, not he actually, not to a platform. Okay, right? okay. Yeah. Well, like like uh, James Babb, he ran for New York for New York governor in 2018. Okay, great. So yeah. no, if you're asking my opinion, educate kids how you like. I have a question about your plan. If you plan, want to send them to school, send them to school. Would the Constitution have allowed you to? You said you wanted to privatize the last two years. Yeah. Would the Constitution have allowed you to um, to end compulsory education for those last two years? No. Or they would still be required to do some. No, no, sort I can. Of yes, because there's a there's a loophole in it, right? You're only you only in New York State. You only have to go to school until you're 16. That's why I can oh. in the last two years. Yes, that's but why. But are 12 so, years of are 12 grades required? Correct. Yes, and not kindergarten. Okay, so that's how that, room. that's how our uh, that's I kind of like that. I like radical been. messaging, but I appreciate incrementalism at the local level, doing what you can within the state's constitution. And people got it. They liked it. They were they were about it. They liked it. Teachers did. The unions the unions wouldn't even see me to endorse me. Like I knew they weren't going to endorse me, but I said, "Can I at least just show up to your endorsement, you know, game, so I could talk to you." And they were like, nope, I literally showed up. They would not let me in the door. Well, I like that. Well done. I think that's a success. Hey, I get a well done. Look at that. <laughs> Take that, James. Take that. Take that. I, ha I did have a meeting with the teachers union when I ran for state representative in Pennsylvania because it was just a courtesy. But I showed up. And I made the mistake of asking them if I could record the conversation. Oh, and they're like, whoa, 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 no. Oh, yeah. But uh, I should have just recorded it because I, I was like, thank you for inviting me. I've got some questions for you guys. And we started, I started going through different my, – my state rep campaign was, look, let's just start with the mandatory attendance. Can we – you know, like, I, I feel like we can just get rid of that. And they're, they're horrified. Of course. And they just, they, they went around the table. Everybody had a story about some horrible parent and therefore why their, their reign must be supreme against the kids. And well, the, the good I, asked, thing is I kept asking them that. questions about like, well, what kind of accountability, you know, like merit pay, this, nothing, nothing, nothing. Boom, 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 boom. And, uh, and, and then, and then at, at some point they're like, you know, I feel like this, this interview is a bit of an ambush. Uh, uh, like, I had gone into their Correct. board meeting <laughs> to speak with them under their invitation, and they told me they felt ambushed by me, by my presence there. So I thought, <laughs> well, okay, at least we have an understanding. And then they're like, well, so what do you think? Uh, you know, like I guess they have to ask everybody, like, well, what should you know? What do you want us to do, like, mm -hmm. for you? Or like, I said, well, you gave uh, Ed Rendell one hundred thirty-five thousand. I'll settle. How about that? You know, and they're like, uh, we'll call you, you know. <laughs> and I'm sure that check came the next day. Yeah. Of course, but yes. Teachers well, unions yes. are the scumbags of the earth. I mean, I really, they're the, but there's such, a, big a, such advantage, a force for though. evil. There's a big advantage. Now that we have compulsory school and they have control, there's now no more child abuse at all. So I'm glad that it worked. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. Yeah, sure. <laughs> glad that it worked.
There have been a couple of bills recently. They wanted to like invest, come into the, I think this was in Maryland. They wanted to come into the homes of every homeschooled family to make sure that it was a, you know, sufficient educational environment. Wow. And that got shot down. Where was that? I think it was in Maryland. That's weird. They probably wanted to make sure the kids were being bullied appropriately. But you, exactly. you know what's sad is I found in Pennsylvania one of the when I when my kids were little I started researching homeschooling and found a homeschool Pennsylvania group. These guys begged to be regulated to the point some of them they, do they wrote yes. their own regulation and yep. they wanted to be regulated so hard and they asked to be regulated and I like I got nothing it's with horrifying. you guys in common like I can't what the <laughs> hell's going on here. Yeah. Did like, you see the Harvard uh, summit that they were trying to do? Um, they had like four or five speakers just burying homeschooling about how it needs to be regulated and yeah. how homeschooling is dangerous. And but uh, when even the homeschoolers are asking to be regu- get, getting their own families regulated, like where's the hope for the parents that are just like, you know what, it's going to be me and my kids and I'll, we'll just decide everything. It was about like, 50% that I saw were approving of the regulations being proposed at the summit. And about 50% just absolutely unopposed. That's crazy. Yes, I see it all the time. It's my point, right? The, 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 the average American is right now, particularly with COVID, COVID made it worse and showed it even more. The average American worse. has Stockholm syndrome. They love their jailers. Mm-hmm. They do. I see it every day in my city. They love their jailers. Mm. Can't get enough. Can, can they have that aha moment if you're not saying radical things? Um, I, I believe that's the only way that's what I believe. Right. Um, I don't think, and I think the market shows you that, right. If you look, if you look at things that come into the market, it's the ones that succeed are almost the ones always that I talk about, right. That are radical enough, but also familiar enough and, and fill that niche perfectly. The problem is companies are always trying to find that mix and it's hard to find the mix of both. I think that works with ideas. It works with products. It works with everything. If you were just to tell people, um, you know, um, uh, you know, don't, don't ride a horse, ride a train, just tell them that's hard. But what'd you do? You know, they, they, they called it a horseless carriage or they called it something that still made sense to a carriage. I mean, they, they changed it. They, they, they tried to make it sound like it was something familiar. I think you have to say something familiar enough or people just don't hear it or run away from it. Fear is one of our worst things. And people who are afraid make bad decisions. And when you have groups of people who are afraid, they always ask for one of two things. They ask for a strong man or they ask for socialism and they beg for it. And as they beg for both of those, they both equal dictatorship, they're just different roads to the same spot. But they beg for it. I don't want to, I, I say all the time, I don't want to be afraid they're going to make bad decisions. It's just, it's consistent. It happens throughout history. It happens in their own lives. I want people to be radical enough plus familiar enough. You make that happen and people have epiphanies all the time. All the time. It could be My radical fresh- as long as you can relate it to something yes. they're familiar with. 100%. Yes. I need the opposite. I need to be told something radically different and somewhat offensive to me before <laughs> I have an aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like, this is good. Where I'm good is where I am is good. I absolutely agree with you, which is why I say I think we have to have multiple messages. Right. I think the radical messages are good. Some people hear them. I think the audacious me- messages are good. Some people hear them. I and, agree with that. I think the yeah. majority of people. Multiple vectors. Yes, 100%. 
I think you need all of it. You you now never tell us tell us about Vermin Supreme and how much you love him. Actually, actually, like like I have I have a question for Larry. I have a question for Larry. This is something. Okay, so like, and now this is something that has been brought to my attention. Like I've heard that recently you said something that was like, we we can't bring all the troops home because they'll never commit said suicide. Bullshit. People say that all the time. Never said okay, that. Okay, okay. So like, what Total exactly bullshit. did you say that people were? I said you can't discharge them immediately. Why not? That's all I said. You can't discharge them immediately. Of Why course not? you can bring them home right away. Why wouldn't you? Of course you can. Can I'll you just discharge them on the spot? Yes, that's a bad idea. Why is that? I'll tell you two reasons why. Number one, you made a contract with them. I didn't. You didn't, but the government, is, which is going to discharge them, did make a contract with them. That's what. They, had, they signed a contract. And I did too. See that picture right there? I signed a contract. And that contract said you were going to employ me for four years. I was going to sacrifice my rights and go off there and get told to kill people if, you, if you're going to employ me for four years. So damn it, employ me for four years. That, just on contractual basis. But even not just that. Isn't you, it like play stupid games, get stupid prizes, though? Isn't a contract a contract? Well, well there's a, there's a, the, the, the federal government could um, renege on their end of the contract to maintain that relationship and might be held financially accountable, but it doesn't mean they can't fire them on the spot. Just because okay. a, contra- a contract can end at any time. Either party can decide that it's over, but they let, might let, owe somebody as a result. So I'd be fine, say, auctioning off the White House or the, oh, the mall property and, and compensating no? anybody well, who let, may feel there's James, money let him, owed. let him answer the I'm question. I'm trying to answer let, the question. Answer okay, the question. go ahead. The first thing is, is a contract. That's number one. So I don't Between have a problem who with, and who? Between the government and the, and the private soldier or private marine or sailor who, who signed the contract. That's okay. number one. So that sailor, soldier, marine should at a minimum finish out the contract, then send them home. I don't have a problem with that. Finish what if they that. decide, so what wait. if they just said no? What if who said no? The, what if the, the federal government said, sorry, contract's okay. off, fired, You done. could. I'm telling you, you shouldn't. Well, why You're not? You're asking my opinion. I you shouldn't just... renege on your contract. It's That's not my contract. It's the federal government contract. The federal government is paying them or not paying them. If you don't want to pay them, don't freaking pay them. Don't pay your taxes. I don't care. Don't. So You're wait, asking they... me whether or not we should discharge the people coming home immediately. No, you shouldn't. And if you think you should, great, then discharge them. I don't give a shit. You didn't set, sign the contract anyway. And they're not defending you anyway. It doesn't matter. My so... point is they made a contract for four years or six years. It is wrong to break the contract. And the contract isn't with you. If you want to go up there and yell at them and say, go home, go do that. I don't care. But so what, what does that look What does that look like? So let me finish. I'm not done. You ask yeah, my go. question, let me finish it. Finish, but finish. there's a second piece. You pressed, you hit a if you discharge them immediately, and we did this in Vietnam, and what did we get? We got a bunch of veterans who had so many problems when they came to transitioning, drug addiction, homelessness, domestic violence, horrible. We put them in a combat situation. We did as a government. Even, I was barely alive. The government put, I wasn't even alive. The government put them in, um, in that situation and then brought them home and said, good luck, bye. And maybe you guys don't care about veterans, James. Maybe you don't. It's okay. Well, you don't have to. I have a famous quote that they, I who do. was that guy that said military men are dumb, stupid animals to be treated like pawns. Do you remember who said that? Uh, some asshole. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. Like I said, some asshole. Yeah. That's what I said. Yes, some asshole. That's correct. 
Yes. No. So, yeah, I guess it's no that. surprise that these people are are treated like crap when the when the empire is is found their usefulness expired, right? So let's not do that. Well, who's this? Let we're on. We're not doing it, right? Like I said, yeah, but he's speaking. He's speaking on I'm, behalf of the of the federal government. I'm speaking on behalf of the federal government, which is what you asked. Your question was based upon the the question someone asked me was based upon that. Me, my, my. Should they view, be fired or not? I guess that's it's correct. From, and, and I'm you saying say no. no. Okay. You don't fire them. No, it isn't. No, you don't. No. And what, the, and what the reason that? why you shouldn't, and it's some, uh, even a more important moral issue, in my view, Khalid James, you don't give a shit about veterans. Fine, you don't have to. I do. And I'm not going to back well, I didn't off say that. that but I do. You, you, know. you just called them animals, whatever the fuck you called them. Of course you don't no, care I, about I them. Quoted the guy they, I quoted the guy that, that they worked for. Yes, yeah, and, he, and he's dead. an asshole. Let me finish my point. Yeah. I don't think you should dis- discharge them that way because the intent of the vast majority of veterans, they all believe, not all, but the vast majority believed, they believed when they signed up that they were actually fighting for freedom and for our country. That's what they believed, and they were wrong. I was wrong too. I was, I was that guy who wore a shirt that said, you know, uh, kill them all, let God sort them out. I was that asshole. So I know what that's like, but I'll tell you something else that it was. When I was a Marine, and I'm not excusing, I'm just telling you how you feel. Life was easy. Life was black and white. Every, they were all bad and they was whoever the government told me and we were all good. Life was easy. Life was simple and it was clear. They is whoever the government told me and they were evil and we were good. And all of a sudden as I got older and I saw that was bullshit, I got out. So should I be screwed over because I thought I was safe? When I realized the Libertarian Party was actually doing what I thought I was doing when I was 18, I jumped on it. It's one of the reasons why we get so many veterans into our party. Yeah, because true. most veterans actually want to defend liberty and freedom, and they believe they're doing it. And then when they get out and they realize, oh, there's a political movement that's actually doing that, I'm in. Well, well, Larry, I was actually asking that question for a veteran friend of mine, Alexis Slagle. He's a regular on the podcast. I was talking to him earlier, and that's something that he wanted to hear. Yes. So, I, 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 did I, not just, say that. I just wanted to get your take on it. Cause it cause no, it, I, I never said that. That's people get getting mad. They want to yeah. get mad oh. at me. It's fine. Larry, yeah, I, am, so, I am curious. What does that look like? if you? So you bring them home, but you don't discharge them, so you're just basically just paying off the rest of their salary? No, no. You, 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 you do something like put them back in the bases here, right? As, as people begin- Get them to help distribute vaccines. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to go that route. Um, oh, but, guess what? That, you I don't know, want a Marine near me with a needle. Yeah, I'm not sure. But that's fine. <laughs> you know, you know, frankly, look, frankly you know what a lot of these James guys says. are doing when they come back here is they get jobs in the police. And they're going around kicking in doors like it's still Afghanistan. And we're all haji now to these people. And we're seeing I that over agree. and all again in the military. Like, so as far as I'm concerned... I don't, I don't even say bring the troops home because when the troops come home, they, they treat me as the enemy. So I think fire the troops. <laughs> I'm cool with that. You know, like I just said, you don't them. give a shit about veterans. Thank you, James. You don't. It's fine. I do. I'm not kicking anybody's door and I'm a veteran. I'm not kicking anybody's door in. I'm not doing it. I know plenty of veterans who aren't kicking doors in. So, no, like, like so actually, dude, there's, there's a number of veterans that are regulars on this podcast. I'm not saying that all veterans are. I'm just, just saying there's no, I'm just saying the police are full of these guys. Okay. Like, how about let's just quit the military and then, and then do whatever you want, but quit first. Right. How about like, we end the drug war? How about we sure. end the drug war, which stops you from kicking doors in the goddamn first place? How yeah. about that? Good point. Let's Hell just yeah. end the drug war. 
and then and then there's no need to kick in doors for Go drugs ahead. anymore. What about all the contracts the police have with the state? Can we just fire them? You know what I'd like? How I like to handle cops? What about I Nancy really Pelosi's pension? Is that a contract from the government that has to be fulfilled? Because God, they made a promise to Nancy that. Pelosi no, to keep her yacht filled with fuel. And that's a contract with the federal government. And you can't no, break that, can I mean, you? I, I care tremendously about her yacht and the fuel therein. I do. <laughs> it's, it's definitely an issue that I have. So I think I'll write her a check myself, James, okay. because I'm concerned that much about her, the fuel in her yacht. I think I'll write her that check. Obviously, you care nothing about uh, Congresswomen, so. You know. <laughs> I just said I'd rather have AOCs in, in my party. Clearly, I like Congresswomen. Clearly, I do. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You're full of it again. I got. I busted you again, James. All right, I busted you, got you again. You got I clearly me. love Congresswomen. I'm paying for their yachts and partying with them. So clearly, I care. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I, I love my vets. I'm not going to fire them. I'm not going to send them to death. I'm going to pay out their contracts. Or to your point, James, if they want to take a check to be paid out, that's fine too. But let them decide. Let them decide. Pay, we'll, we'll pay out their contract or have them serve until their contract's over. Totally Maybe fine. we could compromise and say, look, stay in the military, keep collecting the check, but get the keys to the armory, you know, like, like get the firearm, like liberate the munitions, uh, sabotage from the inside the military equipment that'll be used against us, the vaccine distribution operation. Well, we could just end the war on drugs and not worry about it and sell that shit to like Iran or something. I don't know, whoever wants to buy it. Just open it up, put a market and, let, and sell it to whoever wants to buy it. How about that? That sounds, that that sounds, sounds good. good to me. Let's do that. We don't have to give it to the cops. Sell the military <laughs> equipment to the Iranians. Fine, enjoy. This, right? this the, the, Larry's new plan. Okay. I love it. I think we've reached a solution here. Um, that is, look, the military industrial complex is literally a massive jobs program. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, it's so also a mass out. murder program. That yeah. too. Yeah. That too. But, but, but more, more people care about that job than killing. So well, they care more about the It's also about looting the world. Correct. Also. All good. Looting, all, killing. Yeah. I'm not fighting. Jobs. You. All yeah. I'm saying is what Americans care about is their jobs. So they, they don't care about the looting part. That's not important to them. What's important to them is their job. So as you, dis as you dismantle the military industrial complex, you open up all those former enemy markets to include Iran, to include Cuba, to include North Korea, so that now we can start selling stuff to them. You're gonna bring these people home and not put them in a police force? I got an idea. Put them in uh, marketing jobs and, and logistical jobs and factory jobs, shipping all stuff to Iran and uh, Syria and North Korea and Cuba. I mean, right, so yeah. instead of sending military surplus equipment to, say, school boards, yep. well, we, we, we say, you know what, let the Iranians have it. If they want it. We don't force I think it. That's, I'd rather them have it than the, than the school board. Hell I'm yeah. I'm with you. Wait, so it was paid for a taxpayer dollars. We should redistribute it to the public. Ooh, look at that. That's a good point. Yeah, but I don't know. I, don't know. I like the point. job creation piece, though. I'm not it's sure. Available, basically, the equipment's available for homesteading. If you can get to that tank and get in it and drive it off, it's yours, Crystal. That's tough, though. I mean, have you ever tried to drive one of those tanks? It's tough. And they're expensive. It's like I'm not a good driver. It's like seven <laughs> gallons to the mile in some of those tanks. Not seven miles to the gallon seven gallons to the mile for some of those tanks they've got I'm big sure tanks I'm, I'm sure they got big fuel tanks and uh i don't think you want one hey so we've got uh let me jump in here with a few questions from the fans um let's see uh josh asks uh what's your what's your favorite musical artist or group who are you asking 
I'm asking punk you, rock. Larry. It's you. You're the guest. <laughs> You're the guest, man. Oh, sorry. Start with your favorite punk rock band. My yeah. favorite punk rock. Do you consider the Ramones punk rock? Oh, of course. They're like the first punk rock band. And the Ramones is probably my favorite. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Um, I remember when I saw the movie Rock and Roll High School. Hell yeah. Classic. I think that's the first time I really liked the Ramones from that movie. That's when I really liked it. Oh, yeah, they are good. I think it was that movie. 70, what, seven in that area? About right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact year. That sounds about right, though. About that, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I'd go there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. And, oh, was there more? I'm sorry. That's what you wanted. No. Yeah. Any more questions from the the Discord? Yeah, we uh, there's a few in here. Let me uh, let me pick one out. So, yeah, actually, last when we had uh, your your running mate on before, he brought up briefly. Um, we asked about UBI. He said he opposed UBI but would support a negative income tax. Uh, what's, what's your stance on that? Yeah, you, let me, let me cover, let me cover my running mate. Um, I'm a big fan of judge gray for a very important reason. And it's not his policies. Um, I'm a big fan it's of his judge. Good looks. I am a big fan of judge gray. It's his great voice. <laughs> Is he does have a great voice. That's true. Um, it's the way he dances. Also his, impressive. Well, his well, his musical numbers are the best we've ever really had any political candidate sing on the show. Am I right, Matt? His his abnormally large pen fifteen. <laughs> um, he he absolutely is a good writer. That's for sure. Um, but I'm a big fan because um, I think he has the best chance of helping us to get down ballot victories, which is my number one issue for this year. I want down ballot victories. He's proven that he will be out there helping. He will open up his checkbook and write checks. He will show up to events. He will assist other people. He's not going anywhere. He's been around since, you know, since 2012, since I've been around, I've been to over 65 different um, uh, state and local conventions. And the only people I've seen in those places who are running now is Judge Jim Gray and Adam Kokesh. That's it. I've seen no one else show up except those two people. When so, it comes to helping us out, it's been those two people. Now, hold me finish. That's a pretty big deal. It is. I've only seen those two. No one else has helped out us at all. Um, just those two, which is why I often will support Kokesh and I will often support uh, the judge. Now, just to be forward, he really messed up when he was on your show last. There is no doubt he did. And he messed up for a very important reason. He didn't actually understand exactly what you were saying. Well, I mean, we were talking with him. I, I think like four or five people were going back and forth with it. So it, it confused him. This is not a good thing for him. He was, he thought you were saying, should a judge, him as a judge, instruct a jury in jury nullification? That's what he thought you were saying. But he, he did say that he thought that as a judge, if we were passing out pamphlets out in front of the courthouse, let me go to both of those. To I'm arrest gonna, us. I'm going to defend both of these real fast. Number one. That's what he thought. And he does believe in his heart and he's not going to back. He believes it. He thinks that a, that a judge needs to be a hundred percent, uh, uh, neutral and should not insert a jury on disobeying the law at all. But a jury has every right to absolutely nullify and decide this is unjust. And he's a hundred percent for jury nullification. He is not for a judge telling a jury to do that. That is the line that he draws. It was not clear. He has clarified that since. So that's where his stand is. Well, 100% I mean, for that. Now, let me go to the other piece. Okay. He also thought when he said the steps, he thought you were saying 
blocking people from coming in. Stop yeah, the jurors said that. from He's coming the in. That's bullshit. That's front. bullshit. He, said the he literally said, front. if you, if you, you can go back and watch it again. I watched it twice. I was there and then I watched it again. <laughs> yes, he said if you were on the street or whatever, he said I was really high, but I wasn't that high. high. No, he said court property. There we go, court property. That's what he said. Yes, yeah. that's what he said. Like, like so, what about across including the including across the, the steps court? and the sidewalks around the court, which we I, clearly I, specified. I, I, I did want to ask. Clarified. I did want to ask if across the street was cool. Across the street's cool, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so right. let, then let me go and one step further. Why is that? Here. Because you know what's funny is you know, and he said the charge was was going to be uh, jury tampering. Okay. Yep. It's funny that the judge doesn't actually know, but there's uh, this has come up in several states, and the laws are very similar that I've seen. Jury tampering requires, A, a juror to be tampered with, okay? And B, you have to say something like, you should acquit, right? Yep. Like, I think you should acquit, or mm -hmm. you should, you, you, if you say, if you better acquit, or your grandma's going to get beaten up, yep. okay? That's jury tampering. Yep. Okay. And uh, that's pretty clearly defined in every time I've seen it come up. All right. Agree so, with you. So to for him to say, I'm going to arrest a pamphleteer for jury tampering by passing out a pamphlet on a sidewalk that doesn't say acquit, that doesn't say anything about a particular case. Yep. And that are so and is given to everyone in the in the general public. Okay. He obviously has no concept of A, what that charge of jury tampering even means, B, what the First Amendment means, C, right, what freedom means. Now you're exaggerating. Uh, no, no. no I, I think was he, on, he was actually. So now he has no idea what the First Amendment means. Stop. Now you exaggerated. You were doing Yeah, when you say, when you say, that no, that no was he's, well, let's clarify it. Let's back okay, it up. Go ahead. Because we did specifically cover this where we said, okay, you agree that everything in this pamphlet is factually correct, but to let people have it is a criminal offense that he would put someone in a cage for. All right. Can a I answer factual, now? A factual statement being distributed on a public sidewalk. Can okay? I answer now? As soon as, not yet. As soon as you arrest somebody for distributing factually correct information on a public sidewalk, how could you possibly square that with, a, with an interpretation of the First Amendment? All right, fine. Now, all I said is you exaggerated at the end. That's all I said. No, you I went didn't to, because that's exactly what he has no idea. What he, it doesn't what mean you have said. no idea. It just means you could be wrong on something. Oh, stop arguing semantics. Thank you. So let me, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we can link the video in the show. All notes. I'm saying we'll put, is two things. I, I would like but you to understand two things. After him and I had a discussion, he clarified his position. That's all I'm telling you. After him and I had discussion, he clarified his position. That is his position. He clarified it. He would not. Let me say it again. He is not against renullification. He is simply against a judge stating that to a jury. And he is absolutely not thinking you would arrest anybody unless he believed you were somehow impeding justice or impeding someone's, uh, someone's ability to go in or tamper with the jury. That is the only time he'd want to put you in a cage if you were stopping someone else from getting justice. 
That's he what his concern jury nullification is. to be impeding justice. He does not at all. Okay. Not <laughs> at all. No. Clarify that. No. Oh, so he absolutely did. I think he clearly statement. did. I, so I, I, I say do, that you're not really squaring with what he said. If you want to change I, his I'm view, agreeing. I, I didn't say what he said was right. I said after a conversation with me, he has now well, clarified his has, position. Has, or maybe he should clarify his position. He did. No one wants I, to hear it. He's done it more than once. He said exactly what I said. He has. I don't clarified. know. He did. He contact the the punk rock libertarians and asked to he, come back on. I'm here right now, doing it for you. Yeah, I mean, like I'll tell you, like I would be like, I would be so excited to bring him back on and, and clarify. I will have him come back on. Yeah, I mean, like, like, dude, and, and I gotta say, like, Larry, like, you're getting ex excited right now, but, but, dude, I'm excited because you're on here. Like, I've, uh, I'm a, a huge fan of yours. I'm actually a huge fan of Judge Jim Gray's. Yep. Like, I actually put out like a, a punk rock album in 2014, and I actually sampled Judge Jim Gray's voice. Yep. When he was saying some like hardcore shit. Yep. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of Judge Jim Gray's. Um, when we had him on the podcast, I, I differed with him on the point of jury nullification. But I mean, I would say that I probably, I'm just going to guess, shoot from the hip, and say that I probably agree with Judge Jim Gray 90 percent of the time. As do I, which is why I still support <laughs> him, and I'm trying to be a bug in his ear to get him to be in the right frame of mind when he needs to be in the right frame of mind. So and he yes. says, you know, but I don't know. Should, am I wrong to be offended when he says I should be in jail? I mean, I don't, I just, no, you, I don't I'm not, you, I don't I don't, you, you know, I'm pretty thick skinned. I don't think you, know? you are wrong. I think, I think you found, you found those, the, those like 10% where we disagree. <laughs> and that 10% I mean, is, yeah, Jim should be in a cage. So it's I, kind of an well, important 10% to me. So, yeah, and I just clarified, Jim, yeah. he no longer wants you in a cage. Well, he didn't tell me question. that. So, I will have okay. him come back on I and tell you that. Larry. About, Go ahead. Yes. Um, how will how will he get media attention? He's been awfully quiet. He yeah. came into the race a little bit late. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen much, and I'm watching for it. Yeah. What's he going to do at the national level if he gets the nomination to make sure that you know CNN, Fox News, yeah. MSNBC cover him? Well, we've already started. I've already had four uh, radio. Um, um, I've already had four radio spots already that people have asked me and interviewed me talking about him and I. It's already began, it's already begun already. So it will be it will get better because we're going into small markets, right? When when I learned this when I ran in New York State, I couldn't get any press in New York City because everything's going on. So I mm -hmm. went to smaller markets to where nothing was happening. So when I showed up, they literally put me in a local newspaper, I get a local this, a local that. And when enough local stuff happens, the nearby cities pick you up. That's how I got on those, all those other shows that I got on. It's how I got on Albany shows, how I got on weekend shows. It's how I got on Joe Rogan. It's how I got on Dave Rubin. Excuse me, but we're starting local and then local grew. So we're already on that right now. We're doing the local stuff now. And my, in fact, I was on one in Iowa, two in Western New York, and one in the uh, outskirts of Chicago. That's where I was already. So that's our goal, going to local places, small states, to have it grow over a couple of months. What's your campaign team look like? Is that a feasible strategy on a national level? It's not, which is why we're not doing national. We're going to do about five to six states because we can't do it in national level. It's not going to work. There's no way we could have enough money that we could push into um, that we could push into the New York cities and LA's of the world. We can't do it. So we're, we will not be uh, doing that. We'll be doing about five or six states in that take. And we already have two packs, which already started, and we're raising money. So. We, we should we should be able to make good headway in about five states or so. Cool.
did you decide which ones you will focus on or we do you have yet. like an idea? The poll, ju we just did a poll that just came back like today. So we actually haven't checked yet. But the first polling came out today. Um, we'll, we'll be keep, we'll continue to poll until we find the right places. Who's, uh, who's managing the campaign? Uh, you have a Seth campaign Levy. manager? Say it Seth again. Seth Levy. Seth Levy. Very, yeah. very cool. Very cool. So I hope that was a good answer. <laughs> it was. Thank you. Yes. James, I still love you. I don't want you in a cage. <laughs> well, at least that's one of you. I don't. And I promise you, I will make sure the judge will not put you in a cage. I promise. Well, like promise. all the other people you who put be, in a cage. You will be spared. I, I will spare you. Come on. All right. The rest will put in a cage. We'll spare you at least. I'll okay. take any mercy I can get at the hands of the judges. There we go. See? Well, okay, spare so you at least. Hey, uh, hey, Larry, like we actually went like way over on time. Yeah, I actually have to go. I'm supposed to be on the AMA right now in California. Yeah, dude, is there anything you want to plug before you leave? Or Yes, look, I know. I live the 80-20 rule. I'm not going to sit here and, de and defend everything, but I'm going to do what I said. I will dude, I, love you. I, want to come, I want to have you back on again. Will you come back on again? Of course. I All right. I, oh, I yeah. keep yeah, my dude. mouth shut in public, and then I fix things in the back, and we make things better. That's what a good support guy should be. If you guys are delegates, you should be considering Gray Sharp. It's a good ticket for the future of down-ballot people. If you're looking for down-ballot support, and maybe you don't care. I do. I care about the down-ticket tremendously. If you don't, I get it. No worries. I do. If you want the same thing that I want, please look at Gray Sharp. It's the best opportunity for down-ballot. No, I mean, dude, uh, I think we think you rock, dude. And uh, like, thanks for coming on, man. Of course, and absolutely. We would love to have you back on again. All right, I'm gonna get a blanket pardon for James. Uh, well, uh, yeah, great to see you, Larry. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming All right, guys. on. guys. Thank have you. Good night. Yep. Good night. Thanks, yeah. yeah. So, uh, guys, uh, this podcast is brought to you in part by Conversations About Freedom podcast, hosted by Moral Bob. We also have t-shirts over at libertariancountry.com. If you type in the code PRL, you'll receive a 10% discount. If you spend more than $50 and you type in the code PRL2, you'll receive a 20% discount. Until next time, live free or die. So do the gods and the machine You can't justify killing by economic gain For God, country, and democracy You can put freedom and death point in a fine land To support the truth, then bring them home I believe the jokes will do the best for you And I believe that we have the power Have the power Not aggression principle, the violence of the state becomes absolute!